Captain Max and the misfit crew of the Starcutter cruise the galaxy in search of their next payday. This is Captain Max, Episode 3, Miss Alfie's Floating Orphanage. Max entered the bridge of her ship, ready to tackle the day with her crew. Number One and Ted sat at their stations, tapping their computer screens. And ship's engineer Lala was, as usual, somewhere deep within the ship's engines and turbines, fixing and tinkering. All right, number one, what's the scuttlebutt today? Max asked number one. We are nearly halfway to Crumbleton, where we will sell our remaining cargo, he replied. Ship's engines operating at 92% efficiency. Fuel levels are stable. Great! Ted, any communications? asked Max. Just one? It came in late last night from someplace called Mayfo? replied Ted. I haven't read it yet. Mayfo? thought Max out loud, scratching her chin and trying to think of who or what that might be. Mayfo. Mayfo. I, I don't know a Mayfo. Bring it up on the big screen, Ted. Ted tapped a few times on his computer screen and a video appeared on the huge wall-sized screen there on the ship's bridge. The video featured a very old woman with a number of different cats cuddling in her lap and walking around in the background. The very old woman began. Well, hello there, Max Crashwell. Miss Alfie here. I hope you're doing well. I hate to be a bother, but it turns out I'm drifting out in space with no propulsion. My solar engines aren't working because someone seems to be blocking the sun. If you have a minute, I would be ever so grateful if you could give me a hand. Thanks, dear. The message ended, and the screen blipped to black. Of course! Mafo, M-A-F-O, Miss Alfie's Floating Orphanage, said Captain Max, gently smacking her palm to her forehead. Number one, postpone this trip to Crumbleton. That can wait. Reroute us to whatever coordinates that message came from. Quick! Affirmative, Captain. Rerouting. Speed 10. Number one tapped his screen a few times, and the star cutter turned in space, heading in a new direction. The engines flared bright yellow, and the ship blasted off toward Miss Alfie's floating orphanage. Miss Alfie had been around for as long as anyone could remember. Her and all the orphans she took care of floated around space in a huge, rickety old solar house. It wasn't much, but Miss Alfie did her best to take care of any kids who needed help. And anyone who knew Captain Max also knew she was raised by Miss Alfie right there on her floating orphanage. Anytime Miss Alfie needed help, Max dropped everything to be there for her. Max's ship, the Star Cutter, hurtled through space and made it to Miss Alfie's huge floating house in no time. The floating orphanage was basically just a giant house made into a spaceship. There were solar panels on the roof and round engine turbines near the bottom. The engines were powered entirely by sunlight. Out in space, there was always some sun or another casting its rays out among the stars. When the floating orphanage was further away from a sun, it went slower, but they always got where they were going. Max and her crew noticed right away that this area of space was much darker than any other. It was a void. The only thing visible were the faint twinkle of faraway stars. Number one, why is it so dark here? yelled Max. Unknown. 
The sun that typically lights this area appears to be gone, said number one. Gone? A sun? That's ridiculous! Let's board Miss Alfie's ship and get to the bottom of this, said Max. Number one, Ted, prepare to dock with the floating orphanage. Lala, you stay back with the ship. Lala, who heard Captain Max over the communications that were almost always on, replied, You got it, baby. Easy peasy. Number one expertly guided the star cutter against the floating orphanage, and the two ships docked. Max and her crew walked into the floating orphanage, and old Miss Alfie was there to greet them with open arms. My Max, said Miss Alfie. It's so good to see you, sweetheart. Come here. And she wrapped Captain Max up in a big hug. Max was a little embarrassed. She thought she was too tough to hug. Miss Alfie seemed to read her mind, and she said, You're never too tough for a hug, my little Maxie. Miss Alfie then went one by one, hugging each member of the crew. She hugged Number One's metal robot body. She hugged Ted, and he gave her a big hug right back. And Ted, you be sure to give Lala a big hug for me, okay? Sure thing, Miss Alfie. All right, enough hugging, said Max. Number one, Ted, you two make yourselves useful around the ship while Miss Alfie briefs me. Number one wandered the huge ship house with a toolbox, fixing anything he found that was in need of repair. Ted walked the ship, talking to all of Miss Alfie's kids and petting all of her cats. And Captain Max and Miss Alfie discussed the current state of things. Well, Max, I just don't know. The last time we were in this sector, there was a sun, and we floated on through. But now the moneylenders have blocked it, and they want me to pay them to reveal it. I I just don't have the money, explained Alfie. Blocked it? Someone blocked the sun, and they're charging money to show it to people? That's bonkers, said Max. Apparently so. They just completely covered the sun in large panels made of heat-resistant material. They basically just built a big box around the sun, and if you pay them, they'll use their remote controls to open the box and let you have some sunlight, continued Miss Alfie. I've communicated with some nearby planets, and they all told me that's how they pay for sunlight to grow their crops. Captain Max was livid. I'm gonna put holes in that sunbox, she said through gritted teeth. A few minutes later, Max was on the bridge of the floating orphanage. Number one sat at a computer station, and Ted sat next to him, covered in cuddling kitties. Number one, report, yelled Max. Number one read the screen in front of him. Fuel levels nearly depleted. Complete ship failure in 20 minutes. Max turned to Ted, ready to give him instructions, but what she saw gave her pause. Ted, are those cats on your lap? You know that cats are not allowed on the bridge. Get those felines out of here. Well, Captain, I hate to be a stickler, began Ted, but this is Miss Alfie's ship, and her rules clearly state that cats are allowed on the bridge. Max jerked her head to Miss Alfie, who nodded. It's true, Max. You know I've always ran a kitty-friendly bridge. Ugh. Whatever. Ted, open a channel to the moneylenders right away. Mark it urgent, yelled Max. Ted tapped his screen, and a large video monitor blipped to life on the bridge. The image isn't too good, Captain, said Ted. There's barely enough power to keep the channel open. A wavy, glitchy image appeared. It was three men, all dressed in suits, all looking very serious. 
How much sunlight do you wish to purchase? asked the men. They all spoke at the same time, making them seem particularly creepy. None, yelled Max. It's sunlight. You can't monetize the sun. Yes, we can monetize the sun. We have already done it. If you would like to purchase sunlight, the current rate is 100 credits per lumen per hour. Payment can be made in credits, goods, or services. How about I pay in laser blasts? How about that? yelled Max. You just made the wrong enemy, moneylenders. I'm gonna... But before Max could continue her rant, the image blipped off, indicating that the moneylenders had ended the call. Max stood on the bridge of Alfie's spaceship house, seething. Her teeth were gritted tight and her hands were at her sides with clenched fists. She was practically growling. Miss Alfie laid an old wrinkled hand on Max's shoulder. My little Maxie, always so quick to anger. You know, there are ways to solve problems without shooting them with lasers, you know. I think you need to take a walk and calm down while we come up with some good ideas. Max didn't want to take a walk. She didn't want to calm down. Sometimes she felt as though she liked being angry. Maybe because that was what she was good at. Getting angry and fighting off bad guys. But she knew that Miss Alfie was right. Max needed to take a break. She was too angry to think straight. So Max nodded to Miss Alfie and left the bridge, beginning a walk along these halls that she grew up in. Miss Alfie then turned to Ted and Number One. All right, then. The three of us need to come up with some new solutions to power this ship. Let's put our heads together and see what we can come up with. Miss Alfie, Ted, and Number One brainstormed for quite a while there on the bridge. They even called Lala, who was back on the star cutter, and asked her for advice. Finally, they had a decent idea that just might work. Ted and Number One went back to their ship, which was still docked right up against the floating orphanage, so they could tinker with some electronics and put something together with Lala's help. Eventually, they all met back on the bridge of the floating orphanage to share their idea. All right, everyone, said Ted. I think we've got something good here. Max looked on with interest. Ted was holding a small box about the size of a toaster. It was silver metal and had a hole in the top. On top of the hole was a large removable funnel. On the side of the box were some different buttons and a little screen. What we have here is the Cat Hair 5000, began Ted. I'm sure we'll come up with a better name for it eventually, but for now the Cat Hair 5000 will have to do. Basically, you drop cat hair here in the top of the funnel. The hair drops down into the box here, and the components inside, through a series of different processes, modulate the cat hair and create a low-power fuel. It won't get you going fast, but it'll get you going, and it will provide enough power for the basic functions of this entire ship. Are you serious? asked Max. You made a cat hair engine? Basically, said Ted, but it wasn't just me. We all work to figure it out. Wow. I'm impressed. Great work, everyone, said Max. And there's enough cat hair on this ship to power that little device forever. Well, there is a catch, said Ted. It stinks. Like really, really bad. The Cat Hair 5000 produces an exhaust that is safe to breathe and safe for the atmosphere, but 
It smells like awful wet, burnt cat hair. But we'll need to run an exhaust through a filter of some kind. Couldn't you just run the exhaust into space? asked Max. Technically, yeah, I, I guess you could, said Ted. But the exhaust smells so terrible that nearby planets would be affected. The smell of burnt cat hair would permeate the atmosphere of any nearby planet or ship. The smell would be so awful that residents of any affected planets would likely be motivated to relocate. Hmm. This gave Max an idea. Number one, where are these moneylenders located? The moneylenders reside on their own personal space station nearby, said number one. All right, then, how about this? We hook up the new Cat Hair 5000 right now and slowly make our way out of the system. And we pass right in front of the moneylender's space station. We will spew so much nasty stink behind us, they won't have any other choice but to leave the system. Number one, Ted, and Miss Alfie all considered this for a moment. Well, that sounds just fine, said Miss Alfie. And we don't even need to shoot anyone with a laser. How nice. The crew made all the necessary arrangements. The kids living in Miss Alfie's floating orphanage all ran about the house ship, sweeping up and collecting all the cat hair. Ted and Number One made an exhaust tube that ran from the Cat Hair 5000 and emptied out into space. They also made a nice filter for Miss Alfie to use whenever she wasn't stink-bombing the moneylenders. Captain Max turned Miss Alfie's space home so it pointed right toward the moneylenders' space station. They activated the Cat Hair 5000, and the children began dropping handfuls of cat hair into the funnel. The hair dropped down into the small box, which converted it to power. The large floating orphanage began to creep through space. As Ted explained, it did not go fast. But it went. And the ship's systems were powered. Soon they were floating slowly near the Moneylender's space station. The space station was massive about half as big as a planet. Miss Alfie's rickety old space house floated along, spewing out a bright green and brown colored smoke. Number one and Ted angled the exhaust tubes so that the smelly cloud was projected out away from Miss Alfie's ship and toward the space station. Soon the smoke covered the space station in its stink, and, just as Max suspected, the moneylenders reached out to Miss Alfie's ship with a video communication. Max stood on the deck of the ship giving orders. Number one, accept communication. Put it up on the big screen. The same three men in suits as before appeared on the large view screen there on the bridge. They were each holding their noses, and their faces were scrunched up as they struggled to tolerate the awful smell. <coughs> Space... Spacefarers, your exhaust has infiltrated our ship, said the three men at the same time. We demand you stop releasing your toxic exhaust at once. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not toxic, said Captain Max. But it does smell awful, right? Something tells me that stink will stick in your space station for months. Good luck selling sunlight, stinkers. Captain Max nodded at number one, and he clicked off the communication feed. It took Miss Alfie's ship another hour to get past the moneylender's space station, during which time more and more cat hair stink filled the area. The moneylenders, with a ship full of stink, had no choice but to blast off for some other part of space that wasn't so smelly. 
taking their sunbox with them. Well, I guess that problem's gone, said Max. For now, anyway. You're so good to me, Maxie, said Miss Alfie. Thank you all so much for helping us out here. We really appreciate it. Everyone said their goodbyes. Max and her crew returned to the star cutter and detached from the floating orphanage. All right, number one, continue course to Crumbleton, said Max. Speed ten. And the crew of the star cutter was off again, seeking their next adventure and their next payday. The end. <laughs>